Hey, I'm Parker Lennon. And this is Chuck Stack. And you're listening to Back Fitness. Use fitness as a goal for something we wanted to do, and it allowed us to do things like rock climbing and surfing and, and do it in a fun way. Things you should question yourself about before you compete. Everybody's different. And yeah. so if you think you're going to be just like that study, or you think you're going to fall directly into that category, you're probably wrong. I follow doctors and certain trainers that are PhDs and stuff so that I can get what they're doing their research on. High game is the relentless pursuit of meeting new people. Yeah. <laughs> this or, is like killing a million organisms at a time. I was in a really bad place, but what got me through was fitness, number one, and secondary was meditation and really good friends, of course. Yeah, so we kind of decided today, um, first off, we've got to really touch base on uh, what ended up happening our last podcast. So if you're listening in sequence... Last podcast, we got into a bit of a debate uh, via Facebook Live, hence why I'm I'm not Facebook Living anymore. Um, I'm done with that whole environment. It seems like my friends like to um, troll, apparently. Yo. Um, so, basically, we got into a parallel debate with somebody who literally, after we talked, because we talked via message afterwards, um, challenged us to a debate, actually, on his his page, and then realized that we're pretty much talking about the exact same thing. And what I kind of wanted to bring up about that is, um, why do fitness professionals have to be such dicks to each other? We're actually trying to network with more people. We're just trying to um, to bring fitness awareness to um, people who don't know a lot about it. Um, and as far as professionals, if you like or dislike stuff we're talking about, come on the show and, and talk with us. Um, we are very open-minded. Um, in that certain situation, it turns out we actually were arguing about the exact same thing. So um, what is, what's your opinion, Chuck? Yeah, I mean, that's really well stated. I'm glad you said something about it because I was just going to kind of leave it where it stood. Um, but I just thought... Though, Obviously, I'm the more um, <laughs> what? upfront about things. Yeah, and just, just as, a, as a true professional myself, it's just annoying when somebody claims to be professional and they continue to like just say names and accusations at us that is just um annoying you know so like parker said in the fitness industry we're we are trying to work together you know yeah. like we we've tried for years to work together with people and um it makes it really hard to work with other fitness professionals in that sense so um sorry for that you yeah. guys uh if if that kind of like got you guys turned off by us but um we got a little stirred up just because of the the untactful approach of the other person so yeah it and was just uh it, it wasn't just a one-time thing it, it yeah actually it's happened, happened actually on our show a couple times yep. so it's kind of annoying at this point and we both got kind of stirred up about it like i was ready to just drop it and leave it alone entirely but um thanks of you guys that are sticking around and, yeah. and that understand <laughs> that that uh we're trying to handle it as as professionally as possible but it actually ended up with him deleting his comments not deleting some of the name calling and accusation on Parker's page and yeah. still calling himself a professional and stuff. And then someone else actually called him out, which was pretty funny. Yeah, on, I on think, grammar and, and, and I don't, but I don't, I don't care. Like, honestly there, I've met a bunch of awesome people that disagree with me on certain things and that's fine. I really, truthfully, there are so many different ways to go about the same thing in fitness. Um, 
you know, like we've talked about it before, you can be a runner and be shredded. You can be a lifter and be shredded. Um, you can be a runner and be overweight and you can be a lifter and be overweight. It's, you know, there are multiple ways of going about the same thing. And I try to tell people, and one of the things that's always written on my, uh, I guess, profile at my gyms is I don't believe in any one way. I think there's multiple ways. Like, like I said, I'm eating my words for CrossFit right now. I'm doing CrossFit hero workouts and literally dying, but I'm out there trying it because I, I'm one of those people who's open-minded enough to know that I need to improve somewhere, and that's what I'm working on now. So um, if you have a, a disagreement with us, feel free to contact us. We're not going to, like, you know, bash you down. And honestly, the guy that, that said this before, I talked to Chuck about possibly having him on our show, um, and maybe we'll agree on some things and disagree on others. That's fine. I don't I don't care. Um we yeah, want to move forward. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. But as far as um, as far as like our quirks and everything, yep, and now it's and, time to do the real and, stuff. Well, Parker even said like this is the thing that I realize in the fitness industry as well as like in academia and even in professional world is that you can be saying a lot of the same things in a different way, and mm-hmm. and you just don't understand that. Like one person understands it, the other person doesn't. And communication has to go both ways in order for it to go anywhere, really. Yeah. You know, so um, it's just uh, we we know we're quirky. We know we say we misspeak, and I think that's kind of part of nature. And um, you know, again, call us out. We love we <laughs> yeah. we do like it. I mean, it's it's not um, unhealthy for us to be you know just uh, straightened out sometimes. Because no, I, I like I like being corrected if I'm saying something wrong because I don't want you guys to. Um, take this and run with it and be like, Oh, well you said type one when it was actually type two fibers, which inevitably this is one thing <laughs> doesn't really matter as long as you know what the type do two different types do. So, um, fast switch, slow switch, which we might get into in our next podcast, but, um, we're going to talk about quirks today. Um, and some of the quirks that make Chuck who he is and some of the things that make me who I am are totally different. And we've learned to work well together because we have those differences, but we've kind of met in the middle on a lot of things. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. And, uh, I've, I've thought the same thing. A lot of times it is hard to work with somebody else, especially when, um, our lives are very different. And, uh, as far as the quirks and stuff, I was, I was just thinking over the last few days about how important it is to understand that habits and behaviors are kind of what, what makes us us, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's even what makes you and transitions you into to your fitness goals and everything. It's all about the habits and the behaviors that we kind of re- repeat regularly and being quirky about some stuff really helps. So I've been joked on, one of my big quirks is I've been, people always joke about tallying food or macros and stuff like that. For years, I've been doing that. I did that 11, 12 years ago when I first lost my good amount of weight. I tracked everything before my fitness pal, before any of the mm-hmm. the resources that we have now. And it was a pain in the butt, you know, like I had to keep a, a journal of just foods, you know, so I've commonly ate foods so that I could, I could tally what it was. And have, well, back in the day, we made spreadsheets and like actually right. for like I for one time, uh, one time a long time ago, I did um, the different um, carb, protein, fat breakdowns of all the nutrition bars. Yeah. And I thought that that was going to be like revolutionary <laughs> right. like 10 years ago. And then my fitness pal came out and, you know, I could tell my clients what bars they could eat. And uh, now now I tell them to eat none. So a lot's changed. But, you know, that, that's something that's been consistent with you. You've always liked to track. 
Yeah, no, and, and that was why we had the quantification podcast was yep. because I, I'm it was extremely him. tight about it, and, <laughs> yeah. and Parker is kind of a little bit more free spirited and free easygoing. So I'm like a hippie, but not a hippie at all. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a big thing that you know Parker goes off of intuition, and you know he said something today about even running and how when you feel like you're going to vomit, you start breathing, you know, yeah. and you and it goes away, you know, like and that was something that I started to realize now that I'm running faster. Um, and I'm learning that it, it is simple things like that, that really helps you push to that next level. And sometimes, um, which we're going to, we're, we're having uh, an awesome pa- podcast on Thursday. Yeah. Um, finally about marathon training. We have some great guests on, um, but sometimes with running too, you just have to throw up, swallow it and keep going. There's another, <laughs> there's, there's, a, another there's a big thing about mental fortitude. And oh, I yeah. think, I think that's the biggest thing to, to throw out there with Parker and I is it, you, if you learn and you see how we train, our training is very intense and, and we've done that for a long time in our lives. Mm-hmm. Growing up, we were both occupied through sports. You know, that was kind of our parents approach. I think in keeping yeah. us out of trouble was if we're playing sports or we're focused on sports all the time, we're not going to be getting in trouble. And that was pretty much the case. Yeah. I mean, we were, we stayed out of them. I mean, it's still, we would have been in more trouble if we had, if we were left to our own devices. You I know, feel but. like still to this day though, the, the way that we go about things is still based upon the next thing that we're doing fitness wise. And right. it, it's something that's carried on through our lives. And, you know, if it's not driving over to the East coast to surf some good waves, um, it's, you know, going out for you and mountain bike riding, or, you know, I'm training for CrossFit now, which is, I wouldn't have guessed six months ago. Um, but yeah, it's just like the next thing that you can go to and, uh, pushing it fitness wise, um, and, and staying active. Yeah. And that was the one thing that I was realizing as, as far as quirks too, is that we are, that is the quirkiness about us. You know, Mm -hmm. we do like extreme sports and put ourselves at risk and do all these insane, you know, (laughs) things to normal people. But to us, that's our normal, you know, like, and, um, it, that's what helps us stay focused and that's what helps us stay driven in a more controlled environment. And it's just, uh, it's interesting to learn about how people focus and how they do different things because it's, uh, it's important to know that about yourself. Well, I think too, like, um, we just have with our background and stuff, we've, we've really developed our approach to fitness a little differently. That's our cork. Um, you know, when we listen to, to guys like Ben Greenfield and Mind Pump and um, even some of the other ones, you know, you said you listen to, uh, we talked about Tim Ferriss. Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss, yeah. Um, it, our approach is a little different because of what we did when we were growing up. So we don't think of things the same way. Like barbell training to us is just one avenue of how we trained in the past. And it's something we use daily now, but um, it wasn't always that way. Yeah, no, that's a good point because... Uh I think a lot of times when people think of just fitness and just health and their fitness goals in general, they think of just dumbbells, you know, and it's like, well, that's not the whole story, you know, like dumbbells are a tool in your toolbox, you know, like use kettlebells, use dumbbells, use barbells, use, you know, alternate curves. You with this Murph thing, dude, a weighted vest will kick your ass if you, if you do a workout with a weighted vest, if you've never done the Murph before, um, damn. I, I got my ass kicked yesterday and that's, and that's a cool thing. That was something I've seen before and I was like, Oh, I've done stuff like that in the past, but never with the weight vest on and what that's a new tool for me. So sure. And that's a, 
we've we've done it with different applications, different belts, and different. You know, back in the day, there wasn't any of those those tools, the weight belts or anything that you could attach to yourself. So we had to hold dumbbells between our feet. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, in in high school and stuff, that was that was what the big thing was was holding it between your feet. So I still do do to this day. I'll actually pinch um, a a dumbbell between like my knee joint, so between my uh, my calf and my uh, hamstring, and hold it there, and then I'll switch sides back and forth if I can't find a weight belt. So I'll use like 50, 60 pounds for my dips or my pull ups and do it that way, which is awesome because it also activates your hamstrings because you have to curl it. So yeah, and that that's a good thing to introduce too, is because you know changing it up in that sense where you hold weights at and um, we're going to have a podcast on tempo. You know, that's another thing that, Next one. that is actually people don't really focus on at all. And, um, you know, I see a lot of people with what they do and that's part why we do what we do is because we know that that's going to help us in a different fat asset mm-hmm. or like aspect of our life. Well, whether it's food prep or whether it's, um, you know, learning about like we spoke about this in, in depth today, tonight already, uh, about education and how you and I are like self-educated and self-taught. However, you know, you have a formal education. I'm working towards mine. And But most of the stuff we've learned about fitness has been outside. I didn't learn shit in college right. that really applied to what I do now. That was why I was okay with not going to college right off the start. Mm-hmm. It was because I was like, well, I can learn all this stuff about fitness and about health and get my own understanding of this world that I'm trying to jump into or I can go to school and learn about, you know, dinosaurs and lizards and octopus and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I'm doing now. So it's, uh, it doesn't really feel like, um, it should be considered the same thing. And that's an, another thing about, uh, the fitness industry is, you know, and even an interview is something that can be, uh, misguided or, you know, just very subjective. Misled. Yeah. I would like say. it's, it's kind of like, um, forming a first opinion off of somebody through an interrogation, you know, like you're drilling them with questions and making them feel awkward and everything. And you're not getting the true feel of how that person is, how they train somebody or anything like that, you know? So it's, and we actually, so we had that podcast. We, we did a whole entire podcast, which somehow (laughs) I I lost, (laughs) I lost it to be honest. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's out there somewhere. Unsolved mysteries. Uh, Yeah. Um, well, it was on how to become a personal trainer because we have had a lot and I have a couple clients that are in the process of becoming personal trainers because they've been so motivated by me. They want to do it for a living. And we really we love having people that are, um, you know, I guess excited about being trainers because it, it is one of those things where um, we just want people that really want to help other people be in our same position. And it takes a while to get to where we are, but we're trying to guide people. Um, and long story short, I talked about this interview at Equinox. Um, Equinox, if you don't know, especially on the West Coast, is one of those places that is very high end. Um, my interview with Equinox was probably one of the most aggravating interviews I've ever had. And I talked in depth about just how much I disliked um, the way that they interviewed me. And like he was saying, it's very subjective. Um they, they drilled me with questions, and then they proceeded to tell me that my four years of experience plus college um, in personal training and the education of it meant nothing because I had to go through their program. And um, the way that I was training was not the way that they would train. And honestly, 
I, I looked at it and I was like, I just disagree and kind of left it at that and uh, never took the position, especially because it was in L.A. And L.A. is, <laughs> if you're in the part of L.A. I was in, not fun to drive to, very, very expensive. But, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I like private gyms, you know, and mm-hmm. I've, I've actually worked in private gyms most of my career. I mean, out of the 11 years I've been training, probably nine years of those have been uh, privately. And uh, corporate gym and the structure of fitness and, and globo gyms these days is that they yeah. they focus so much on the sales that they forget what fitness is about. And, you know, if if you think of it like Parker and I do, and that, you know, we're trying to use some of our free time to educate people, just like we're doing with this podcast. Um, that's, that's why we do this, you know, it's just to help people. And we, th- we know that the more people we help, the better our business is going to grow, you know, yeah. but it's, we think of the people first. And that's the thing that, that corporate gyms do not think of. And it, and it got not even- very frustrating. I told a story that was uh, disheartening, you know, when, uh, yeah. uh, just the other day to Parker. And, um, it was about how, um, we basically, w- the, the breaking point of me quitting lifestyles at the time was, uh, that they, we basically had this full week of schedule of like sales school. And the whole concept was driving a sale by emotions, you know, like making, somebody, oh, yeah. making somebody cry, you know, and to, it's still the way they teach now too. Yeah. And it's, it was, it like, it broke my heart, honestly. Like I was like, this is messed up, you know, like this is not why I was, I was like getting into fitness, you know, like I never once want to make somebody cry or sick or throw up or ill or hurt or injured, you know, like never in my mind do I want those things for any of my clients or the people that follow me. So, um, and it's, it's not only his situation, a lot of corporate gyms and even in, in my situation, um, a lot of the franchise gyms too will drive sales based upon emotions. And you're really kind of brainwashed into doing that. And also take into consideration too, the managers, all they care about sales numbers and they congratulate you for sales. They don't congratulate you for getting somebody to lose 20 pounds. They don't, um, really look into what you're actually doing with the client. They just, they like the sales, the numbers. And I think when we open our facility, even though we want to make money, um, always, that's got to be a number one reason that you're doing a business. Um, we really want to help educate people on, um, continuing success and also we having want to people teach that trainers tra- how to yeah. train, you know, and teach doctors how to instruct fitness and, yeah. and health and wellness into their programs. Because like, there's such a disconnect between the medical side of things and the fitness exactly. side of things and used together, we could solve 90% of the issues in humanity. These days, would, you know, I would like, say, I would say out there, maybe even more, you I, know, like it's just, it's crazy. Some of these chronic injuries and stuff, they've been proven to, it's been successful to get rid of them through fitness and changing your behavior, you know, and we had a little patterns, a little tidbit on prescription medication. And a lot of times, you know, through fitness, you can alleviate, alleviate the need of using a lot of these prescriptions that are overprescribed, especially in our area of Florida. Um, chronic pain is a huge one here. We have pain clinics. I know we've talked about that before. Um, and I think that we're on the verge of getting that relationship built with doctors and PTs and even psychologists, like we've talked about in some of the mindset podcasts. Um, but we want to have that all, all under one roof and, uh, you know, like a, a great network of people to where we can actually help people 
in multiple ways. And that's a quirk about both of us. That's the reason why we're doing this together now. Yeah, it's just it's building a better network to help people. And the more people we help and we help instruct how our mindset is, you know, like the we know the better the industry is going to be as a whole. And, it's, and when you say because we've said people a lot, we mean you. If yeah. you're watching, uh, if you've been a client, if you're a listener, we mean you. Education starts at the roots and we want everybody to learn, you know, and it's and just to find the passion or find the avenue of fitness that they like, you know, and that they can that will help them. Because that's the thing about fitness is a lot of people quit because they don't find the fun in it, you know, and yeah. they, they can't figure out. And that's always one of the first things I try to instruct my clients. So I'm like, look, my biggest goal for you is to throw different techniques at you so that exactly so to find what you like, you know, and then the stuff that you like, I'm going to keep doing that. The stuff that you don't like, I'm going to try not to do it, you know, and it's just such a logical thought process. But like if a client every time is being like, oh, my gosh, I hate these, you know, like I don't want to hear that either. <laughs> you know, So I know that it's probably not good for their body because they're going to be not focusing on their posture and they're not going to be as engaged in what they're doing um, through that. So that's just a, a positive example of how, you know, we use instruction and education to to help our clients as well. I would say though, sometimes you got to make them do some things they don't like. Oh yeah, no. If somebody I, tells me they don't like squats, I'm like, I'm like I know, I don't some, like squats some either. Days, some days I, I have stuff there. I know it's all the exercise they don't like, but yeah. I like. I'd rather get away with it while they're in a good mood today. Oh yeah, and and you know, <laughs> or throw in a good a one that they love. You know, they yeah, love. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like I, I'm like, or I'll do like pick your exercise. Yeah, I like, do that a lot. I, I like that. I'm like, all right. Excuse my finale. Let's let's see how let's see how your your mind's working. You know, like what's an exercise you like. Or, or then I'll be like, all right, what's an exercise you don't like, but you know is good for you? And they'll like pick one, and then they're like, oh yeah, th I, this one's not so bad. I'm way better at this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you always grow, and that, that's something that you'll learn too. Um, you've got to work on your weaknesses sometimes in the gym. And for me, learning right now, there's a lot of things I'm working on um, just to get better at really the the process of going through this high intensity CrossFit cross training style thing. Um, so we really wanted to segue into something that's different for us. Um, you don't know a lot about us, um, in the sense of who we are as trainers. I think we've kind of left that part out. Um, so a quick seg segue, we're going to ask like four or five questions to each other. Um, like we're getting interviewed, except not Equinox style. We're going to actually like let each other expand on it. Um, in the first one, Chuck, what's your favorite piece of equipment? My favorite piece of equipment. Uh-huh. I would say the body. <laughs> okay. Body weight. <laughs> um, no, but I would I would definitely say um utilizing calisthenics, even we both agree on this one. It's a TRX in that in mm -hmm. that sense. Um and I like using suspension training because you can intensify it very easily and it's uh low impact as well or higher impact. I mean you can make it whatever you want and um it's a very functional piece of equipment in the sense that you can use it anywhere. So, and, and it's, I think that's their brand too. T-Rex, you can be used anywhere. I'm yeah. going to take it with me when I go to Thailand in a couple weeks. Um, so I was working out with my girl today, right? And she's somebody who has uh, been through bikini prep, done quite a few shows, um, has never touched T-Rex to mine. I, I think that's what she said, but she's not, she's not familiar with it. Right. And a constant thing that I've noticed with suspension training is 
people are scared to use it or they're like that can't do very much and i think that that's a really big misconception because for me if i were to say i'm an expert in any one piece of equipment it would be the trx i have it in my bag all the time it's either in my car or in my bag um, and when I travel, it comes with me, and it's it's what I use to stay in shape when I can't get to a gym. Um, have you found that to be true too? Uh, I have, but I I do so many bodyweight exercises that it's kind of like along that same lines, mm-hmm. and I utilize that stuff for more core, more back, more pulling stuff. That's what I like about the TRX is it's one of the the only pieces of equipment that you can use anywhere that trains mm-hmm. your back as well as your chest as well as your triceps you know you can kind of just like do any exercise and hamstrings too you know like mm-hmm. that's another one that's huge that people don't really get to train a lot in the p90x or in exactly like the other stuff too. and it's just uh it's funny how um far away from fundamentals people get in training their whole body and and being able to use a piece of equipment that they can do that so that's what I would say as far and as yeah, TRX or a lot of those hands. workouts like we talked about are chest quad dominant and right. the TRX gets you away from that because you can do so many pull variations and so many like even the Bulgarian split squat, which is technically um, more of a, a quad exercise becomes this quad hamstring and very strong ha- uh, sorry, quad um, hip flexor and very strong hamstring exercise. Um, so that's one thing that I would say that TRX is, is great at really being well-rounded and that's why it's an essential uh, piece of equipment, in our toolbox. And you can actually, um, looking this weekend, Walmart even has suspension training. Now it's not very nice, but it would hold your weight and you can throw it on a door. I think it's 17 bucks. So, um, it will be one of the programs that we offer. We know a lot about it and it will probably be one of the first things you see from us as far as programming body weight and TRX. Yeah. As far as that stuff goes, it's, um, it's been pretty cool. We, we both have focused on that type of training, you know, like a low impact, mm-hmm. um, you know, not a tr- non-traditional, um, training methods in that sense. But, um, I keep saying low impact because a lot of the suspension training and stuff, it helps reduce the impact, you know, and it helps function on proper landing mechanics and everything. And, exactly. And you can kind of you teach somebody to stay back in their squat and you can teach, uh, you know, them how to do push-ups properly, you know, or dips mm-hmm. properly and intensify it, you know, based on just where their foot position is. So, um, that's why I like that piece of equipment. And I think you would agree. Yep. What's my question? Come on, man. I'm like <laughs> slacking in this. I, I think as far as I would say, what are some qualities about your background that help you prepare to train clients of all ages? Um, Okay, so little known fact that we don't talk about a lot, um, my minor was aquatics. And so I spent a lot of time in the pool. I have taught um, plenty of water aerobics classes to old ladies. Um, And I was a swim coach. Um, did triathlons, which we've talked about. Um, and what really prepared me to work with all levels was just that experience in the water. Um, some of the most prominent people that work out in the water are older. Um, and then second to that, when I was teaching kids in the water, uh, it really translated over to what I do when I work with kids on, on land now too. You know, we had dry land sessions and, and swimming where we did, you know, bodyweight exercises. And I really tried to work on their fitness level besides just swimming in a pool, which, you know, they're already way up there because swimming's hard. Um, 
But then after that, once I started to get into training more people, being in Florida, um, working with just every age group of every ability level and being consistent in the gym um, for four or five years, you, you just start, you know, working with all different types of people. Um, I don't know what prepared me for it. I think just I, I, we talked about this um, in the podcast that got deleted. Nothing prepares you for working with people besides working with people. Right. Yeah. I mean, those are all very valid. And I think it's a, uh, it's interesting in your background that aquatics, you know, and that's what people think of aquatics is like lap swimming, you know, yeah. like, and they only think of it as lap swimming, but there's a lot of like low impact stuff for arthritis, osteoarthritis, mm -hmm. you know, osteopenia, osteoporosis, all these medical conditions that limit people and their ability to move and aquatics and training in the pool can really help you, um, reduce the amount of impact you know or don't even discount pt man yeah no i mean when i had when i broke my wrist multiple times one of my biggest uh like exercises that i would do in the pool is i would do different arm motions with my hand mm -hmm. you know when it was out of the cast is because i i knew that i needed to strengthen the muscles in a very uh easy way you know that was going to be able to to help me focus on like isolating the movement and not being like resisting. I always think resistance is better done um, kind of isometrically in the sense that you're not moving through a range of motion. You're doing more of a hold. So uh, I found that the pool has helped me get through a lot of my injuries in that sense, whether it's a back injury or whether it's a shoulder injury, um, you know, focusing on the range of motion and sometimes even just doing a stretch routine in the pool, you know, because it's a, a nice warm environment or a low impact environment or whatever it may be. So, um, I've actually had this question. They asked three pieces of equipment. TRX was one pool a second. Um, that is the, and it's funny cause my gym doesn't have a pool. Uh, but what you're saying, the hydrostatic pressure. So that pressure, the consistent pressure all the way around, whatever it is that's injured, um, tends to make people feel better. So there's less pain associated with it. You'll find in those arthritis classes that a lot of those people go in with pain, come out with none. And it, it's just like a healing effect of water. And if you look at any uh, civilization over time, there's going to be this draw to water, whether it's, you know, for drinking purposes or just because they feel like when they're in water, especially like Hawaiians, um, they're one with their God or whatever. And it's it's always been that way. And I, I think it has a very strong healing effect. Yeah, I, that well, that as was what I was going to say. Sounds. Yeah, as <laughs> it really does. As ben Greenfield would say, um, yeah. I, I like. I, I've always found, and what I was going to say about water too is, it's such a meditative experience to mm -hmm. me. You know, like I, whenever I'm like closing my eyes and somebody's like, "Oh, think of your happy place." Like I think of being belly down on a surfboard in the water. You mm -hmm. know, like that's like my ultimate like mellow, my ultimate chill. You know, like or my you know. Uh, serenity if you will you know like that's that's where i'm at my calmest you know like and parker can attest to that because we've seen huge sharks you know swim in between us and like <laughs> yeah i'm always like in, a, in an ultra calm state in that sense i'm always like lift your arms up or like like i just like do something like that and like we just it's ride, funny ride because it out, but you talk about now here's here's a little fun tidbit and i don't i I'm pretty sure this is true because I saw it on Golfster, which is our surf report. Two great white sharks swam all the way up the Mississippi to St. Louis. There's one little fun fact for you. So nice. 
the freshwater is not safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys up in Missouri aren't safe either. Yeah. Missouri, man. Like, uh, anyways, so That's, I've heard of bull sharks and stuff being yeah, but being bull in sharks type water. Yeah, they they've been proven to actually survive in completely fresh water. Right. You know, be born in fresh water, stay in fresh water. Sure. So and who snow, knows? Snook what's have in, a, a similar migration period, yep. or like a pattern also. So, but great whites, they they are always they they said they can't keep them in captivity because they die and whatnot. But long story short, um, you, I think that we always talk about sharks as being like this ultimate predator and you know we get terrified yeah you're thinking about that when you're on land but when you see them in water you're just like oh okay i saw a shark like, yeah it's totally a, different it's a humbling experience too because you you know as a 200 pound male swimming in the water you have a huge disadvantage over that shark oh, yeah. you know and you're like wow that that 100 pound shark could tear me up, you know, like, and I don't think they're only a hundred pounds, bro. No, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> pretty big. but that's, that's about when a shark starts scaring me. Once they get over a, a couple hundred pounds, I'm like, I'm scared, you know, no matter what it is. But I'll tell you this, um, it's, it's not bad when they swim by, but it's really bad when they bump your board. Yeah. When it, it hit the board from underneath and you're like, uh, I know what that was. That hurricane swell. We had all the black tips. Yes. And the one like swam directly at me and like ran right under. I was like, Oh, this is like the weirdest experience. Ever. Yeah, we talked. We should have talked about this in the extreme sports podcast. But I'll tell you what. Um, there was yeah the hurricane swell. I dropped into a wave and just looked down the line, and there was kids in the water, and there was a black tip shark within five feet. And those kids were <laughs> fine. The kids never got attacked because this is the thing. There are more sharks than you know of, and most likely they're probably not going to do anything to you. Um, you just gotta you gotta be chill. You gotta enjoy it know that you're at, what was that lady she said you're in their house yeah that lady okay <laughs> she was right <laughs> yeah and that's a, that's exactly what i think you know yeah. like it, that's what i mean by it's a humbling experience so um beautiful creatures don't get mad at them yeah no definitely there's uh they're, they're like they're like the bros in the gym <laughs> just don't piss them off don't touch them just look from a distance all right okay so uh an interview question for you sir i've got another one if you're ready oh for me yeah well, it's your turn. You you hold up. Um, I found this one over here. Where was it at? Uh, what are your career goals? Hmm. Where do you see yourself going in the next five years? Does your wife ask you this? It, we talk about it, but uh, in, in a different sense. You know, like usually I kind of like talk it through with her, you know, to kind of like see from somebody's perspective that's not in the industry, so to speak. So, um I, that's what I do with with her in that regard so that we uh, are on the same page. But as far as where I see myself in five years, um, I mean, in five years, I'll be 35. I'll, I'm shooting to get uh, finish up my bachelor's, get into a master's program, um, if not accepted into a Ph.D. program uh, in kinesiology or something movement related, uh, as well as like a minor in genetics. So they're kind of like in two different directions, but that's where I see myself in five years. Um, I always look, I'm, I'm known to be a long-term thinker. So I, I have a 10 plan and 15 year plan also, you know, and, um, those things kind of help me stay focused and, um, not focus on the daily grind, so to speak. So, um, where I see myself in five years is that's where I see myself educationally, professionally. Um, I see myself, you know, just picking up different, coaching clients and doing more seminar based uh instructionals um 
we are big on education. So I want, that's how, that's how I feel like I can express that format the best, um, is getting in front of more people and just telling them, um, you know, the truths about fitness and get, give them some more of the science side of things and use that as my real organized, um, like format to be able to educate people and talk, you know, like this yeah. is very un, you know, like, uh, just unorganized and not in the, in the professional sense. Like we go into it with a, a plan of attack and stuff like that. But, um, I want it to be very structured, you know, in, in how we do presentations and stuff like that. And we both have come from a background where that is normal you know, mm -hmm. and we've done a lot of presentations and we've done a lot of, uh, you know, just the seminar style, um, training. And mm -hmm. that's, that to me is, um, my ultimate goal. So within the next five years, that's my plan. Cool. I don't have anything else with that. Right. I just let you talk, man. Um, I rambled. You did. You're good at that. But you know what? That's <laughs> it was true. It was our future. So yeah, it's true. Um, what about a gym, man? I, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> to keep that under the wraps. Um, uh, yeah. Well, maybe. I, I am, we'll I am looking to, to expand my company in the sense of doing more scientific based research. Um, and a facility might be, uh, the, the best format for that. I'm actually looking for a couple different ways to address that and, um, maybe keep it more, uh, portable in a sense than, than like an actual facility. So that's why I haven't really committed to saying like, I'm going to have my own facility. Like I do think I'll have a facility soon, but it's going to be different than what a lot of people think. Yeah, so. I might. Um, I can tell you right now, there are changes in my future, the near future. Um, because I can't continue to do things the way I'm doing it now. Cause it drives me insane. Um, yeah. but th that's just being real, you know, like if you know your worth as a trainer, I think, and this goes for you aspiring trainers. Um, if you're not feeling like you're making the maximal impact where you're at because of sales or ownership or the ability to have equipment, you should rethink it and you should go in the direction that you want to go um, because ultimately the people who have done well in this industry have went out on their own and whether or not financially made it work at first have found out a way. And that's what I did in San Diego. I have no regrets. And um, that's the approach that I'm going to be taking here in the immediate future. So, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's uh, it's always great to look at yourself professionally and see um what your plan is, you know, and, and just like you're saying, you want to be able to make the biggest impact in, in the industry as you can. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes a, a facility feels really limited and, and really limiting. And, um, I've been there, done that, but at the same time, I'm always a big fan of, um, like, uh, staying in one place for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. so that you can build a, a brand, you know, and you can, let yourself be known and build your network. So, um, I think it's great. Also, I mean, I've been a private trainer for seven years now and, um, I had a few years prior to that, you know, but that's been my greatest experience has been that too. So if the people like, um, what you're about and what you like to educate, they'll find you, you know, and mm -hmm. one of my clients expressed that and helped me, um, make a plan in that regard, uh, was, she said, Hey, you know, like you're clearly a great trainer, you know, people follow you, you know, people will go wherever you go. So take that into consideration when you are thinking of where you're currently at. 
And I was like, wow, you know, like, that's a good point. Like mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the process and sometimes I fail to realize, you know, that I'm making a big impact with the people that are, I'm seeing on a regular basis. So, um, and I think those people too, like, um, the fact that you're available to them on a personal level and there's not a middleman. Right. I think that's the problem I'm starting to deal with. You know, people are like, well, why are you, you know, you're getting this percentage and you're, we're stuck in this contract, but it's not with you. It's with the gym. Um, and I've always, you know, had a, a problem with corporate gyms and or franchises, I guess now. Uh, but the thing about it is like when I have clients that are technically my own and I can charge a certain amount and or um, discount them if they need it, uh, I just feel more in control. And I also feel like my training is not saying that I'm not thinking it out now, but I, th- I think that it just it means more to me than just going into a gym and having a client that I really didn't t- touch base with and or really set time to really talk about their goals given to me, you know, and sometimes that happens. And sometimes it's not clients that I would actually train because <laughs> it's it's based upon a percentage and how much I have to train. And it's uh, yeah. So that would, that would be my thought. Yeah, there's a lot more flexibility when you're on your own to, mm-hmm. to do what you want, you know, and to actually be able to offer a discount if somebody can't afford or just offer them a different service. That's, exactly. That's not which is what I've done in the past. Right. And and that's what I, I find the biggest thing that's wrong with the fitness in, or like the corporate fitness mentality is that they focus so much on money, money, money that mm-hmm. they fail to realize that there's like more efficient ways to do it. And they may be behind on the, their methods to the madness, you know, and that's what you learn being in a gym like that is you're like, okay, this is the things that I learned and picked up that are really good to do. And then here's the things that I realize I don't ever want to do. And, um, I well, think here's that's, a little segue too. let me, let me ask you your question. Cause I think this is a great segue well, also. Well, just one, one little thing that we, we had talked about in the past, um, going with what you're just saying, uh, the hour session has really disappeared. Right. And it's not, let me tell you, as a personal trainer, we like our hour sessions because it gives us time to, well, for one, it gives gives you time to have a break. When you're doing a half hour session, holy shit, is it fast. And we're trying to cram as much stuff as we can in that half hour session to really benefit you. Um, and if we only see you, even if we see you three times a week, half hour is not a lot. Um, and what the fitness industry has done is they've taken it and they're like, oh, well, if we split it up into half hour sessions, people will buy more because it looks like it costs less, but hourly we're making more. And so now I'm training nine clients a day, nine, 10 clients a day. If you've ever been in something where it's client-based services and you deal with 10 people um, that you're, you're trying to figure out their plan, what they're doing, you know, set goals for, for them, keep them on track. That's a lot on the brain. Let me just tell you that I, some days when I come, especially on Thursdays, when I come here to podcast, I'm like done. I can't even talk. No, I I completely understand. It's, uh, it's very challenging. And how many, how many half hour sessions do you even do? Cause I never did when I was was actually going to say I have none. Yeah. I never did sessions right now. And I had, so my services are basically half hour sessions or program design and a program design is a assessment based where I give you an hour. Um, and then, you know, that's more like the assessment. And then I charge you for an hour or depending on the, the depth of the training or the program. And I charge you kind of like an hourly basis, however detailed you want your program. Do you want nutrition? Do you want everything? And 
I put it together for you in that regard. So I only do it that way so that I can always keep my hours going, you know, and the way that that my schedule works is that if I'm, um, and I go to Tampa, you know, three times a week for school, you know, so I need to have travel time and even time in between clients to eat lunch or do personal stuff is going to the bank or, yeah. you know, going to the grocery store or any of that stuff, feeding my dog, taking my dog out, you know, like I have to go home and let my dog out on a regular basis or else she's not a happy camper. <laughs> so I like my dog. Yeah. But I like it too. Um, yeah. It, and that's, it's been interesting for me to, to get to go from the independent um, outdoor training of San Diego. I did a lot of my training outdoors. Well, and, and like I, and another aspect so that I like about what you said earlier is that as a as a private trainer, you can be more personal. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can get a, a little bit more of a personal interaction between them, and you don't have to kind of worry about HR or somebody saying, you know, like, oh, I heard them talking about. It's like, well, yeah. They're, we're all adults here. <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah. we can talk about whatever the hell we want. You know, like it, it just a corporate environment gets really weird when you have an HR department that sees nothing and you're getting critiqued or criticized by yeah. them. I mean, that's there. That's a whole different ball game. But well, I was going to say too. The other thing, the, re, the I didn't really describe it the best of ways. But here's the thing: when you when you have your own clients and you're a private trainer, and like I said, this goes out for the aspiring trainers. You can book less people. You don't have to be 10 deep in a day. Um, that's what the split shift, by the way. I work, you know, basically until noon and then from four to seven every day. That's how my gym has it set up. And so if you're thinking about what that actually means, half hour wise, I'm just booked solid straight through that. Um, it doesn't allow me to talk to him after a session. It doesn't allow me any leeway. I'm going literally half hour to half hour. And I wouldn't do that as a private client. I would, I would have some time in between. Um, and I would only book like four or five and cause I'm not, my main goal is not money. Like we've talked about before. My main goal is to help people and survive and, and kind of, um, you know, do well, but I'm not trying to, to be a multimillionaire, you know, yet. Yeah. It'll happen. No, I think that's great. No, I was just <laughs> reading, uh, Juan's response. He said, uh, he was asking about macronutrients, how to incorporate them into meal prepping and, uh, gave us a little um, number on his weight and he wants to go to more of a plant-based diet. So, um, we actually have a, a link on our podcast that you can do more of like a meal plan and it'll help you with all of that stuff. Uh, however, just to answer your questions, macronutrients are basically like the, the big breakdown of, um, foods. So it's looking at things like calories, protein, carbs, fat. Those are kind of your macros. That's, that's all of your macros. And, depending on how you formulate those on a percentage. So when we say macros, we're referring to say 40% protein or 30% carbs or 20% fat. And those are just arbitrary numbers. Those are completely arbitrary numbers. So don't take those for, for anything, but, um, that's what I'm referring to when I say macros. So a ketogenic diet, for example, would be, uh, 70 to 80% fats. And then about 20% protein, 15 to 20, and then 5% to 10% carbs. So that's that's what we're talking about when we say macronutrients. Um, and your balance is going to be your typical, what you've seen probably in the past is 40, 40, 20, which is 20 grams of, or sorry, 20% fat, 
40 grams of protein, 40 grams of carbs. Yeah. And that one for years was called a balanced diet. You know, like it it's, still is actually for our programs. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it's, and, it's close to, I think there's a little bit more protein in those. Um, and actually I think the fat ratio has come up a little bit. Sure. And that's what I like to do is I like to kind of start somebody at a, a base level. And sometimes it is a 40, 40, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on how much weight they're carrying, you know, where they're at, where they're body type is, um, you know, just different factors on how, where they gain weight, I should say. So fat displacement, you know, just has a little bit to do with hormones and how they digest certain foods and everything. So, um, and I, it's, 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 this is actually, so what we talked about at the beginning, this is what got us into trouble. There are so many different diverse opinions about this. And if you've ever talked to anybody like us who has done the ketogenic diet for a long time, we were told that fats are the enemy. And then you go to this ketogenic diet that has mostly fat as your main macronutrient and you're losing weight. And it's unbelievable. It's like our paradigm was just shattered. <laughs> yeah, it was and interesting. It, it was interesting the first time I did that. And and I learned about ketogenic dieting in about 10 years ago. And I yeah. started actually longer than that. When I was 16, 17 was the first time I did that. And I did it a little bit informal and and wrong in the sense that I was eating a lot of beef jerky <laughs> and like meal prepping, like a lot of proteins. Well, and you're, stuff, but, you're doing the other, um, Atkins diet. I mean, that right. was more what they consider ketogenic back then, exactly. but that wasn't the medical ketogenic diet. Right. And it's been interesting to watch the trends change in that sense. But you know, and if you don't know what we're talking about, we have a podcast solely dedicated to keto. Yeah. So, so listen to it. And one, we have the meal prepping. Um, yep. but I don't think we really discussed the calorie breakdown in that one. So when you're prepping for your meals, you have to kind of think and calculate like how much protein is in a chicken breast or how much fats are in almonds or in cheese or in any of the foods that you put pair together. And you try to just uh, add different foods to accumulate those numbers. So that's what, you know, our meal prep thing is awesome because it shows you Exactly what examples how many grams. of food and everything. Yeah, and it's it's literally so comprehensive that you'll know after doing it uh, for a week or two what you need to do as far as your prepping. It's going to help you understand prepping meals so much better than if you just searched online. I need to finish my my macros um, like spreadsheet. Basically, I have like a Quick Notes for it's uh, Quick Notes is being thirty page um, kind of like meal prep and explanation on macros, and I should finish that up and. Um, Put we can put on the website. On the, yeah, we can put and, on the website. Yeah, because I think it's just a good ex- explanation to exactly what you're talking about. You know, like how do you it is figure our, out? This is one of our most commonly asked questions, sure. and that's why we did weight loss for our last podcast. And that's just something that I give to all my clients. You know, as soon mm-hmm. as they start, because that's one thing I am quantitative about is I like to sit there and quantify how much food they are taking in on a regular basis first before anything. You know, like that's my main focus in the first week. If they don't come back to me with a food journal after week one, I'm like, you got to do your food journal. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you're not going to get results unless you do your food journal. Like, and that's just my approach. But well, and like referring back to one of our uh, newest podcasts that I just put up, actually, uh, self quantification, we talked about going on My Fitness Pal. It's so easy. There are so many different tracking apps that you could use to kind of see what your meals would have in them. Um, you just you need to know the basics. Um, we talked about this. I'm not going to get in depth because it was our last podcast, but um, figure out your resting metabolism, your basal metabolic rate, and then break your um, 
your nutrients down in a way that you'd want to with calories. Um, if you need more help with this, just email us because it's too long, lengthy to explain, and it's harder to explain over audio. As a matter of fact, if you need any more comprehensive help, we can, you know, FaceTime you or something. Yeah. Um, we offer those services too. Anyways, moving back on, we're getting pretty long and, and lengthy in this. So it went from quirky. Yeah, to it's another. This lengthy. is why I don't have my Facebook Live up anymore because there's too many fucking questions about the same shit we've talked about. Um, <laughs> it, it is. It's it's recurring. And you know what? Here's the funny thing. Uh, I have the same people ask me the same questions all the time. And it's like, dude, I literally went out of my way to send you stuff and explain it to They're you. Bots. They're all bots. Is it? Is one a bot? I think they I've, might be bots. I've met one before. <laughs> it was on my baseball team growing up. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, there was a question I was going to ask you. I got so sidetracked. I can't even remember now. Oh. I didn't even get to my last fitness question. Well, ask me because uh, maybe I'll remember mine. <laughs> so we'll. Uh, oh, I, I found it actually. This will be the last on each one. We'll do okay. this quick question, then we'll call it quits on this uh, this podcast. So. What are we um, going to call this at this point? Because I feel like it's all over the place. <laughs> I thought I thought that We're just basing off of like bonus. your last your last question and the last thing you were talking about with corporate gyms and stuff. What is the environment that you find most beneficial for clients? Oh man, that's so easy. the The best place I've ever trained. Yes. No like, place. I'm just thinking like, what is the best environment for you? To train people outdoors in general. Yeah, there uh, no gym is the best place for me to train because anything I've ever really, really put my heart and soul into doesn't involve a gym. Um, my background is uh, as a runner, uh, swimmer, uh, like we, we were talking about BMX, uh, mountain biking, surfing. And when I get people out into an open environment, I still to this day work in a, a more corporate setting and take them out the back door with three pieces of equipment, the TRX, their body, and then something else that I'm just trying to throw in there. Maybe cones. It might be cones and TRX. It might be just cones. Um, but what I think that a lot of people forget, and I'm glad that we've already had a podcast on this, is that the world is your gym. The world is your playground. And the coolest things that you can do for fitness are not inside of a box. Yeah, I, I think that's excellent. I I enjoy being outside and, and doing a lot of my exercises outside. You know, that's part somebody asked me why I run, you know, and that's what was kind of my answer was like, hey, I like to do this stuff. But also it's just um, I'm cross training as well. You yep. know, so it's it's we always try to keep ourselves as motivated and um, our environment as diverse as possible. And that's how I find um, that a lot of people enjoy the most is if their environment is changing. So I think that's a good response. Yeah. Um, just get out there. We, we've said that before, but you don't have to be inside of the box the whole time. Okay. You're three wonderful world out there. It's a very wonderful world. Your last question is three exercises that Ooh. You have your clients do regularly. Ooh. So I would say balance, core, and squats. Balance, core, squats. That'd be the thing I would say. And when I'm saying that is balance, I say I bring people in through different progressive balance techniques. I start them off nice and simple to single leg balance. And then we go to shutting their eyes and 
testing how their body's actually firing to their to their nervous system mm -hmm. you know so it gives you a better idea of how their muscles are connecting to their brain and that can tell you if you can advance their program right off the start yeah. you know so that's one thing that i like to focus on plus it's an aspect that nobody really focuses on in their training um, the other thing, so core, I like to focus on isometric movements and a lot about body position. So you should be able to move through both flexion, extension, and lateral movements as well, uh, as well as transverse movements. Um, but I also keep isometric movements in there as also. So it's mostly isometrics, but, uh, which are anti-movement movements, so to speak. So it, it's stuff like pal off presses and, you know, band I, like holds and stuff like that. So um over your very standard one the last thing squat plank yeah no, I, <laughs> plank that's is, the best example you could use no that's the number one assessment that i use uh through my assessment i mean i do single leg balance i do core so front and side planks a seated balance um i also do which is basically sitting on your butt on the ground lifting your feet up with keeping a new kind of mm -hmm. like a neutral upper body yeah, yeah. torso um i like to see how long people can do that just because it again kind of teaches me what those intrinsic muscles are doing. Mm -hmm. um, then I'd like to do squats. So I do a squat assessment with an overhead squat. So um, you go overhead squat right away, right away, like yeah. hands up or on the head. I mean, I usually start out like saying, I want you to do a squat comfortably and I'll just see, That's how I go. I, I'll yeah. say, I'll like let them move and just do a few movements. And I usually start them out on a bench even, you know, yeah. like I'll try to go to a low bench, but I'll just go to a, like a bench. And I'll be like, go ahead and squat down to the bench. I want you to just do what feels normal to you. Do what feels easy. And then I watch for a few reps, ask them if anything hurts, you know, if they're feeling any pain anywhere, if there's any discomfort or tightness. And then if they have a decent squat movement, I'll say, put your arms up, you know. And then from that point, I'll, you know. It's another balance assessment. I never let overhead. them watch a mirror. Never. You know, like I always turn them away from a mirror or a reflection or anything because I want to see what their body does completely natural without any feedback. Here's how I do it. Um, almost almost identical, but I, I go grab a box to uh, what would be their bottom range of motion for about 90 degrees. Um, and I'll adjust it with uh, rubber plates to kind of um, make it whatever height they are. And then I literally say, I want you to sit on the box. And I go, okay, I want you to stand up from the box. So I, I completely eliminate the squat. Um, I said, I say, you just did a squat. Um, what I'm looking for the whole time is where their feet are lined up naturally. Um, if there are any issues as far as them having their knees over the toes, you know, imbalances like you were talking about. And then from there, I'll actually correct them. And then from there, I'll start cueing them. I don't go in overhead squat until about three to four. And sometimes depending on the client up to like two months after I start them in a program. Really? Yep. And I, I won't start that until I know that their squat is ready to go. Um, my client that I posted yesterday. It's a continual it's assessment for me. Though. Two to three, two to three months. I, I, when I say overhead squat, that's no weight. Yeah, yeah. It's usually a towel or a dowel or something like that. But that's always my recurring assessment to see where their imbalances are. You know, if they're still having adductors that are super tight and weak and they're under active glutes it, because their feet are turning out, like you're saying, or their knees are turning out, or even their knees are crashing. You know, a lot of times there's signs 
that tell us what is going on in the body. And that's excellent points because I kind of brushed over it in that regard, but mm -hmm. uh, I was trying to keep it more to the fundamentals of the exercises themselves, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and why I do that. But I wasn't critiquing. I, I think our, our methods are pretty similar. It's just we go a yeah, few little uh, quirks if you're, different. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the quirk of Parker and I is we start out everybody with kind of a very similar, very basic assessment, mm -hmm. you know, whereas we, and we also agree that if you don't do that as a trainer, you have no foundation. You have nothing to base your program off of, you know, and you should be able to do something three weeks, three months down the road that you can see they've made progress oh, in, yeah. in, from a professional side of things because you can, weight loss is easy to, to say yay or nay. You've gained weight or lost weight. Um, health is something that if they do blood tests or go to a doctor, you know, they, you might find that. So it, it's hard to, to not, um, focus on, on variables that you can actually see, you know? So I think if you're somebody who's going through a new program or you're an aspiring trainer, um, or you're somebody who has been through it, you're looking for that performance-based goal, no matter what, um, you'll find that to be common. Anybody that's in the gym wants to see some difference, right. see, feel. It's not necessarily look in the mirror and, and have lost 20 pounds or look on the scale even though those are ways to see and feel, um, they want to actually be able to go through a movement and feel the difference of how it is to do it the right way. Um, and that's something we've, we've kind of touched based on a lot. Um, I think that's really all, uh, I have for you. Any other ones for me? Nah, nah, this has nah. been long enough. I, you're hired. Oh, you, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to hire me. You're hired. Good. Cause I'm quitting tomorrow. Peace. <laughs> um, yeah, any questions you have for us, feel free. Uh, Facebook Live for me won't be such such an outlet, so if you want to reach out to me via direct message or if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, we have that information. In, we actually, I linked all that stuff, so we're linked now on our SoundCloud. Um, you can actually pull up that stuff, our website, whatever, if you're listening to it from there. We do have a few people that continue to follow us on SoundCloud. Um, if you're listening from Apple... Um, the iTunes podcast, please listen to Chuck's review, which I'm going to put right after this and go and leave us a review. And then you can actually go on our website and get a free meal plan. All right. So listen up. This is something we haven't addressed. How do you follow us on Apple podcasts? You know, you know of our website, faqfitnesspodcast.com. Nice and simple. Yeah. We've talked about Apple podcasts though. So go to Apple podcasts, open it up, go to the search bar, Look at look us up just like you've never looked us up before. It's FAQ Fitness Podcast. It'll come up for sure. It's one of the first ones that comes up. We have plenty of episodes. Go below that. Click the podcast, not the podcast episodes, but the, at the very bottom left of that next page, you're going to see Fitness or Fact Fitness Podcast. Click that. It'll come up. If you're not subscribed, click subscribe. You'll be able to get updates on when we actually release these videos that we show on Facebook Live. You'll get the full unedited version or full edited version on your Apple Podcasts. Also, right below that, there's a review tab. So click that tab, write us a review, all right? So click write a review, rate us five stars, and we will give you a free meal plan, okay? So in order to get that meal plan, you'll have to go to our Fact Fitness Podcast page and go to the meal plan tab. From there, you fill out the food survey and you'll receive your meal plan. Again, we mentioned this is a $50 value, so check it out. Follow those instructions. You know, maybe 
track back a little bit on this podcast and so that you can hear it again and just follow it step by step and it, it'll help us out. We'll help you guys out and we'll all have a good day. Here's another thing. If you see something that's whack or you see something that like you want to know a question about, tag us on Instagram or tag us on yeah. Facebook. We'll look into it. There's a couple out there that video wise that are so completely off and I've tried to be like, hey, these macros are off or hey, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, or well, look you, into it. Yeah, I've had a lot of my clients and even friends and stuff ask me about videos and they're like, mm -hmm. hey, what do you think about this? And that's exactly it. Tag us. You tag know, us we'll, we'll give our two cents, you know, and we'll do it. We're not going to like bash the person either. So no, we'll, we'll, we'll just give you our opinion. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you our opinion and, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep it there. Yep. On that note. Peace. Thank you for listening to FAQ Fitness Podcast. If you liked our show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. For more workout programs, video resources, and to ask your fitness questions, check out our website at FAQFitnessPodcast.com. 